everybody. What a week it's been. Uh, if you're in town visiting, you haven't been here for a long time, but I'm pretty sure you've had a good time. The Calgary Stampeders and the Ottawa Red Blacks for Calgary, three in a row, four of the last five Grey Cup games. For the Red Blacks, three of the last four Grey Cup games. They've all been uh, involving those two teams, and one of them will become Grey Cup champion later on tonight on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. The festival downtown has been a big-time hit. The tailgate parties around the stadium are underway. There's nothing left to do now but play the game. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Morley Scott, along with Dave Campbell and Blake Dermott. Natea Jay will join us uh, shortly. Uh, guys, it's been a great week, hasn't it, Dave? Uh, we've been downtown so much. I've been downtown more this week than I think I've been downtown in the last year, uh, but it's been <laughs> it's been worth it because it's just been fantastic. Yeah, no doubt. I, I remember going down uh, Wednesday morning for the coaches' news conference, and things were still coming together in, the, in that festival site. I saw a lot of hammers going and clanging and, and things being put together and then you go back there the next day and it's just it's just breathtaking just how how awesome it looked and it was an ambitious plan from the Grey Cup Festival Committee but uh, they they hit the ball out of the park big time. Yeah I was going to say the same thing I, when I got down there Tuesday to pick up our accreditation uh, they were just starting to set things up and, and uh, there was an awful lot of uh, you know rerouting of traffic at that time and and then I was there for the Wednesday night opening bash the uh, uh, and it was it was quite a scene, uh, and I mean, there, there. I guess Wednesday night, not as many people had arrived yet, but uh, there was still quite a few people. There was a uh, the Strombellos played uh, on top of the CKUA building yeah. there, and that was kind of cool to watch that. And and it was still nice enough weather to be able to wander around. We went down to the Boston Pizza uh, tent, and and uh, and then we. Uh, we dispersed from there, but we were two nights in a row. I think I was downtown till about eleven o'clock, mm-hmm. which is way past my bedtime. <laughs> I, uh, you know, it's the first time the, the Greek cups I've been to before have been football heavy for me, and I haven't been that involved in in the festival. But I just loved walking around. I just it, uh, the the colors are spectacular, and I mean, you see double blue, you see red and white, you see green, you see a different shade of green, you see green and gold. Uh, every team is represented, and that to me was just spectacular. And and I know we're gonna play it later. Uh, uh, Nate and I walked around the festival site, and we said, "I wonder how long it will take to find someone in every team's colors to ask them for a prediction." It took us less than a half an hour <laughs> to find them, and uh, that was a couple of that was only day two of the festival. I understand. I, I ran into yesterday morning early. I was uh, I was going downtown uh, for the athletes in action breakfast, and I ran to, into Dwayne Vano on the street. He was coming across the street. Like we're the only two guys in the streets. People were in the spirit of Edmonton uh, breakfast already. Uh, he was just going to the office to do some work, and, and then he was going back. And he said, "Dear." During the gala last uh, last night, which would have been on Friday night, I got a text from a friend, he said, and they said, you cannot move on the festival site. There are so many people out there. Wow. Uh, I know when we came out of the gala, it was pretty much empty because it, mm-hmm. it had shut down by then. But uh, I haven't heard anyone say a bad thing about what's going on downtown. Even the people who are have come to Grey Cup for years or who are at their first Grey Cup, they're just having a great time. What I really like about it is that this Grey Cup festival is for everybody. And I think... The Eskimos have set the bar high for other host cities to make it for everyone. And, you know, other Grey Cups have been, you know, they've been great because you've had parties and, and all that to go to. But it maybe it was a bit too 
too much fun for adults and, and only adults could enjoy it. But the family element has been great. The fact you go zip lining and you can go bungee jumping, you can go on the mini field, you go in the tube slide, you can go in the in the family zone. And um, there's so many strollers out this, this time around. And I, I like that it was for everybody. Free events, uh, paid events, it, you had something to do. You know, when I, when I was playing and uh, got to play in five of those things, um, it wasn't until my last year in 1996 when we played in Hamilton that I, uh, because, I mean, I knew it was my last game. I, I'd come out of retirement. It wasn't like I, I didn't feel quite as invested as the other players. And, and, I, and I didn't go out and, and drink or anything like that. But I said, you know, I, I want to see what this thing's all about. Because for the most part in all the other Grey Cups as a player, you, you, you felt sequestered. You know, you, you didn't want to be that guy that was visible out uh, with all the partying people. Because yeah. then, then if something went wrong, then they could say that, you, you know, you, your mind wasn't in it. So, so we it was an awful lot go to practice go back to the hotel go to practice go back to the hotel and uh, and never really got a chance you know being a Canadian kid and growing up here and being a chance to see that and and this was this was interesting this was and I know the Great Cup's been in Edmonton before but this was really the first time that I, I actually tried to get to a number of different events and I, I and, and having said all of that I still never got to the spirit of Edmonton room <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? it's hard to get anywhere yeah I mean it's like there's a, there's lineups I was amazed last night when I went home. Uh, we finished our show at six. I think it was about seven or so. I was walking by the Westin to get to my uh, my vehicle, and there was like a lineup to get in the lineup. Yeah. Um, for they, the Spirit of Edmonton room, and and good thing the weather is nice because it's outside. There they was, had a band there was outside playing for all the people outside. standing in line. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, it's uh, it's been terrific. I don't think there's any any complaints about it now. And now we kind of boil it down to the football aspect of things, and uh, it, it's kind of neat. We talked about guys who are are here for the first time uh, for for the festival and everything. There's some players, actually, who have been here for the first time. Dave, you talked to one of them. Uh, it's kind of weird. The guy's been around forever. He's played in this league for a long time. I'm talking about Kyrie Bear. It's his first Grey Cup. It's everything I expected. You know, the, the fans that are here, the team, the energy around the team, the city's on fire. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy to be a part of this and to have this opportunity to play for a Grey Cup. I guess it's the balance, right? You want to have a little fun, but it's still a business trip and you still prepare for a, a big game and you still prepare for a big game like you prepare for any game, I guess. Right. Well, there has to be a, I feel like you do have to kick up your level of focus. So, I mean, everything's on the line. So, yes, the, the focus levels up, but I've been undefeated in fun for a very long time, so I, I still have this fun thing figured out. <laughs> this uh, this journey for yourself, I mean, you're with the Ottawa Red Blacks, you started your career with the Ottawa Renegades, yeah. I mean, how cool has this year been for you, and I know there's been some there's been some tough moments as well, but the fact that you started in Ottawa and now you're in Ottawa now and chance for to play for a great cup. Yeah, I mean, greatness has always been the goal from the moment that I set foot in Ottawa. I mean, Ottawa saved my football career, and I'm grateful for the city and for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you know, there was some adversity this season, but that's life. I mean, you name a person that, has, that hasn't had any adversity in their life, and I'll show you a person that's lacking character, and that's probably not going to make it for a long time. <laughs> tell, tell me about the positive attitude that you have, because I remember talking to you in your days with the Alouettes when, you know, it was kind of the start or the middle of of the things they were going through and not making the playoffs, and um, every time I see you on TV or hear you on radio or even talking to you, it's always been Kyrie Bears upbeat and and positive. Where does that come from? Well, I mean... 
life, things are going to happen that are going to be negative, yeah. and you have to accept it. So when things are going well, like you have to embrace those moments and try to get them to continue to carry on. I've always believed that positivity breeds, breeds more positivity. So there's no need to dwell on the negative or to yeah. speak on it. Let's put some positive energy into the air and speak positivity and breathe it into existence. Yeah. Positivity seems to be what Rick Campbell's all about as a as a coach. I mean, he's he's the best coach, man. I, yeah. His energy, the things that he says to us. I mean, he's the perfect coach for me, and I, I can I can't go any deeper than that. What, what's his best quality? Do you, do you think as a coach? I think his ability to lead. He's a great leader, and um, I think he has a great balance of being involved with everything, but also allowing the coordinators to do the things that they need to do, and I think that's one of the things that makes a good head coach a good head coach. And how about your relationship with, with Noel Thorpe, going back to your Alouette days? Well, I mean, Noel Thorpe is, has been um, really great for my career. I mean, he's, he's utilized me as a weapon that I am, and I'm a... I'm a good football player, but uh, <laughs> without a good coordinator, then I'll just be another guy. Like, I have to be put in position for success and people that's going to believe and do things to my strength. And that's what he's done from the moment that we've gotten together. How much do you strive to, to know more, to learn more, to become better, especially at your age and your experience as a football player that's played for a long time? Yeah, well, there's that old saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but that's a <laughs> bunch of bullshit. <laughs> like, I, I still learn every day, and I make mistakes, and I, I'm hard on myself when I do make mistakes. Like, I, I still strive for excellence, and just working. Work has always been one of my best qualities that I don't mind putting into work because I know it's going to come along with it, what comes after so still learning, still trying to get better, not being complacent. And I think that's part of the reasons why I am in year 17 of my pro football mm -hmm. career because I've never been too good to stop, stop learning. Back to the Ottawa experience, the first time around compared to this time around, it seems like it's night and day when it comes to obviously facilities and, and the ownership and, and the vibe. I hear that often from outsiders. Yeah. Anyone that's ever played for both organizations, well, I'm the only guy to, to actually do both, but, you know, not to toot my own horn. History moment. Yeah, not to toot my own horn, but considering playing for both, like, Ottawa wasn't a bad place to play the first time. Right. They treated us well. The city loved us. The fans treated us well. Our owners made sure we had everything that we needed mm -hmm. until the last contract was due. But throughout the, my experience in Ottawa, like, the franchise, the city, the people have been consistent, and they've been consistently amazing. And that's why it wasn't hard for me to make a decision to come back. So. The goal is to bring the cup home. Kai, thanks so much. Thank you. There you go, Kyrie C. Bear of uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks. And uh, Blake, you kind of talked about you knew your last game was going to be the Grey Cup game. I'm guessing, I don't know if it's the end of the line for Kyrie C. Bear or not, but he's played a long time. This could be it for him, so he's got a chance to go out a winner. 17 years. I can't believe he's been playing that long. Like, and I remember when he came in, and, and uh, he's he's always been that kind of impact player. But to, to to play at the level that he's played at for that long, that's uh, that's outstanding, especially in that position where you you don't see players playing. Uh, you know, rarely do you see guys get into double digits. But boy, he's. Uh, He's almost getting like Damon Allen-ish in, in the position he's played. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Natea Jay of the Eskimos uh, joins us now on Sunday. Hey, Natea, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys doing? Good, thanks. You've uh, probably got bumped by Kyrie Sabir once or twice. <laughs> Man, he, he's not a guy you look forward to uh, playing. Anytime you, you line up across from him, you have to keep your head on a swivel. 
Indeed. Uh, good player. And uh, will he go out a champion? We'll find out uh, that today. Will he go out? we got to find out that as well, I'm sure, as uh, the offseason rolls along. So uh, lots more to come your way. Uh, we put uh, Natea Jay to work this week, and we're going to hear some of that work uh, when we come back. Uh, we're coming up to 2.17. Uh, you're listening to the pregame show for the uh, 106th Grey Cup. It is sold out, folks. It is sold out. Uh, there might be some tickets floating around there, out there on, uh, on Twitter for people who maybe bought tickets, hoping their team would be in it, and are trying to sell them now. So that's your last chance. The game officially sold out. They announced that this morning. We'll take a break and be back with more here on 6.30 Chet. Police. First off, identify yourselves and where you're from. Uh, Officer Jeff, I am from Edmonton, but represent the Ottawa Red Blacks. Officer Corey from Red Deer, and I represent the Calgary Stampeders. Officer Dave from Strathmore, we're representing the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And I saved the best for last. Officer Kirk uh, from Stetler, Alberta, and representing the Eskimos. All right, you are the Great Cup Fun Police. Uh, who's the spokesman? Who wants to talk here? All right, tell me, what are the duties of the Great Cup Fun Police? He said well, duties. <laughs> well, oh, I think I'm getting it now. Yeah, there, there's the Eskimos' input. Um, there, it's a fairly thorough process we have all weekend of making sure everybody's having fun and everybody's enjoying themselves, taking in the festivities, enjoying everything that the Grey Cup has to offer. Not just the game, not just one team pavilion, but everything that's here for the weekend. And I understand you actually give out tickets. Yeah, absolutely. This is the thing. When we enforce the fun, there's things like party fouls and spilling your drink and wearing NFL apparel. That is a no, 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 no. This is a CFL event, Canadian thing, Canadian party. So there's various uh, offenses, like we mentioned. There's too hot to handle, not drunk enough, buzzkill, stuff like that. And there's penalties as well. There's do a beer ball and get arrested, high-five the officer, and there's some things that we can't really say in the radio that are also uh, penalties for the offenses. All right. What's the what's the most common summons that you give out? Um, it depends on the time of day. Usually walking around, there's the, the, the awesome attire is definitely uh, one of our best and great CFL fans. And then as the evening gets longer, the not drunk enough is what comes up quite often. What kind of response do you get from people when you give them a ticket? <laughs> people come to it and ask for tickets. So I'm... That's the great thing about the, they love these police officers, so that's that's why it's great being a fight. It's the best job in the world. All right, I want to introduce to you uh, Natea J from the Edmonton Eskimos, yeah. working with us this week. Any advice for him? On the on the week. This is his, this is his first great cup. First great cup, courage and all. That's reason to get ridden up right there. So, yeah, so basically the advice would be go say hi to every single person you meet, go to every single team party, event, uh, horse in the lobby, everything, drinking from cups, doing everything. You have to go partake in every single thing you possibly can and just have fun. Thank you, everything. I'm going to do everything just like you said. Thank you very much. (laughs) That's how you get deputized as an honorary fund police. Oh, career goals. Career goals. (laughs) I actually actually have one question. How do you become a fund police? officer it's a thorough process it's quite the character evaluation uh, you have to be an actual cfl fan not just a team fan we're all here for the league and making it a betterment for everybody else but it's quite the thorough process it takes a lot of trust and you got to be re- you got to be able to represent the brand okay. <laughs> can you give him a ticket for anything uh, looking at nate right now has he violated anything well he's oh. a great cup virgin <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a uh, I'll take a ticket. <laughs> okay, so when we do the thing, the offender is Nate. Yeah, location is Edmonton. The month would be November, of course. 
and it's 2018. You're going to be charged with a fun police violation for awesome attire. Even though I am a Ryder fan, you're the Eskimo guy. Uh, you should be a great CFL fan as you play in it. We'll leave that for someone else. It's too hot for handle. <laughs> the ladies might think, you know, he's got a little something, something. Uh, probably early in the day, we won't give you a ticket for being not drunk enough, but it is past 5 o'clock right. or somewhere, right? It, it would be somewhere, yeah. Yeah, so we'll give you that one Thanksgiving, as well. so they've been going since 8 o'clock this morning. That is correct. And we'll probably also give you a, a violation for speeding, because I imagine you run pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> I think him and I got to do a foot. So, <laughs> my question would be, Natea Jay, how do you plead? Guilty. Oh, okay, so the penalty today for these offenses will be a high five, fist bump, once you get one, chug your drink, and post in a picture of the officer. I am Officer Dave. There's my official ID. You have been arrested. And you are a violator. How many years have you guys been coming to the Great Cup? Uh, this is only my second. I was a rookie officer last year. Uh, these guys have been going at it in various forms for... Since 2011. 2011 as the fun police. Uh, this is my 14th Grey Cup in total. But Wow. No, 14th in a row. It's like your 19th in a row. In a row. It's my right, 20th sorry. in a row. It's 20th total, about 15th in a row. Yeah, but so like 16th. Okay, don't fight, guys. Don't fight. It doesn't look good on you. All right, one last question. Where's the best place to go at this Grey Cup if you want to have a good time? Spirit of Edmonton tonight. Yes, the spirit. That's what place to go. This is even a Stamps guy saying, Spirit of Edmonton is the place to be on night one. All right, uh, gentlemen, thank you very much. Uh, thank you for upholding uh, the law amongst all the Great Cup citizens. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm pretty sure those guys had a great week. That's the Great Cup uh, fun police, uh, Nate Ajay. And tell them what that ticket, Nate, like that's a real ticket. It, it was a real ticket, and it was very detailed as well. Indeed. Uh, are, you f- are you going to frame it? <laughs> I just might. Those guys are the best people I met all week. Yeah, they were uh, they were terrific. They were making the rounds. Uh, they got a Twitter handle. Uh, they're uh, they're a pretty good group for sure. I'm sure they'll be at the game having a lot of fun today like everybody else. Game is sold out, by the way, 100% sold out. So the crowd's going to be terrific. Uh, they're, they, they wanted to sell out in six days. They sold out about six hours before the game. But, I mean, it's nothing to sneeze at. I mean, no, 50,000-plus are going to be at Commonwealth Stadium today, which is, uh, which is fantastic. And as Blair Smith said yesterday, on our show, he, he hearkened back to the 2015 Western Final and said the crowd was that was the best crowd he's ever seen, and he wants the crowd to, to pay it off to the players because they worked hard to get to where they are this year. So uh, we're going to have predictions later on in the show. We're going to hear some more interviews as uh, as we roll along as well. But uh, the biggest thing I think to talk about right now is uh, you know what we don't because we're going to go to a break and then the newsroom. We're going to talk about when we come back the the field conditions. So the players are really I don't know if upset's the right word, but they're certainly not happy with the field well, conditions that they've had to face. One team's really upset. The well, other team, team is, is going, yeah, hey, we'll just play. One more upset than the other team, that is for sure. So we'll talk about that as well today. The uh, Ottawa Red Blacks and the Calgary Stampeders in the uh, 106th Grey Cup game on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Uh, it is uh, this afternoon and into the evening. One of those two teams will uh, win the Grey Cup today and probably become the, the best team of the maybe, I don't know, decade, at least half decade. They've been dominant teams being in this game over the last five years. One of them is uh, going to win it today and add another Grey Cup to the mantle. Ottawa already has one. Calgary's got a bunch. Last time they won was what? 13, I think? No, 14? 2014 was the last time they yep. won. So uh, they'll, They've been uh, there a lot. They've had a couple cracks at it since then. But don't win a lot. Yeah. we got lots more coming your way. You're listening to uh, Grey Cup pregame show here on 6.30 Chet. Sandwich and um, I, I, 
like to eat in the morning. I don't really like to eat a lot during the day. So, yeah, I eat in the morning and just kind of chill out, put the feet up, listen to music, keep going over the game plan, just the small little notes that I take, um, you know, just reminders on things. That's uh, Calgary quarterback Bo Levi Mitchell on his game day plans today. Starts with an egg sandwich this morning. Uh, Trevor Harris told us uh, yesterday he's going to have some breakfast, go to chapel, and then listen to some music and chill as he gets ready. I also talked earlier this week with Ottawa punter Richie Leone, and I asked him back on Thursday what he was planning at that point for game day. You know, since we're here for the week, I'm trying to put that whole thing together. Uh, and we've been last time we played you guys, we're, we were walking distance from that mall. They got a great food court. I think they had like some place that had a bunch of soup, salads, some healthy stuff. So I think I'll probably load up on some stuff there. And uh, you know, we actually just learned from our uh, strength and conditioning and training staff um, about hey, like guys, you know, when you when the when it's cold outside, you you think you're not sweating as much, but your body's actually working doubly hard to keep warm so they've been advising us to up our intake and calories and stuff like that so we're going to keep that in the back of our mind but uh you know just like treat it like a normal day i don't i don't like to treat game day uh any different than a practice day just want to stay in my routine um and just uh but i think i'll wake up that morning with a little bit more excitement is, is that the most difficult thing about game day for the great cup is you everyone talks about treating it like a regular day but it's not it's easier said than done and this is my first cup but uh um, it's definitely going to be exciting, and it's one of those those moments that, you know, you be in professional sports, and not a lot of guys have played for a championship. I've I never won a championship in college. I won one in high school, and uh, but I've always dreamt and you know seeing teams, whether it be the uh, the Super Bowl or the or the Grey Cup here, following the storylines and and just the stories and uh, the passion and the emotion that goes all in it. I'm just going to really embrace it, and I think it's going to add for a lot of energy and excitement. What's the whole week been like for? It's been cool. Uh, you know, I stay kind of low-key and don't do too much. But, uh, you know, other guys that have been in Cups past, a lot of guys on these teams say, you know, if there's one piece of, of advice that we could give anybody is to sit down, you know, because you do a lot of standing, a lot of walking, a lot of that crap. So uh, just conserve your energy and uh, get ready to go. Now as we stand here talking, I feel I know, guilty. I, I know, right? <laughs> Was that a hint? Yeah, like, leave me alone. No, I'm just I appreciate it. Uh, kicking at Commonwealth, uh, is it different for anywhere else? Uh, cooler temperatures affect anything? Um, you know, I've played here a few times being in the West when I was playing in BC. We play up here a couple times and we played here late in the year this year. So that's 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 good to have a little forecast, a little gauge on, on what to expect. Uh, the only thing I can hope for is not for a frozen field because in Ottawa last week it was, it was quite difficult to uh, get that footing and to really trust that footing. So I'm really hoping uh, that won't be an issue. And uh, it, it kind of stinks that, you know, we're not going to be able to go to the field until the day before the game. I'd love to get a couple of sessions out there. I think that would only benefit, the, especially the the punters and kickers uh is a cold turf worse than a cold football uh a frozen field is worse than uh yes i i would have to say that all right i really need you to go sit down now so <laughs> thanks for this good luck today i appreciate it morley ottawa punter richie leone and uh talking about field conditions there both teams went kind of different uh, routes in the way they got to the field this year. Ottawa practiced indoors at Foot Field under the Dome all week until yesterday. Calgary practiced at Commonwealth on Friday and on Saturday. Conditions of the field, a hot topic. Uh, Nate, we talked to a, a bunch of guys yesterday about it, and there's not a lot of guys that saying, yeah, we're 
looking forward to playing on this turf. Right, and you like you said, not a lot of guys are looking forward to it, but one team more than another is uh, having a worse time with it. Calgary, they seem to be more in their heads about the field conditions. Uh, Ottawa came in and it's like, hey, we played on it last week. Uh, we practiced on it, and it should be fine. No worries. We wore our uh, alternate cleats, and we're uh, comfortable wearing those cleats. And Calgary, they're alternating between whether they want to wear their regular uh, cleats or their destroyer cleats. So we'll see how it plays out, but uh, I feel like it's in Calgary's head a lot more. And you know the shoes that they wear a little bit uh, pretty well. What's the difference between the two? Yeah, so obviously the the one that they prefer to wear is their regular cleat that they've been training in and practicing in. But the alternate uh, for these kind of conditions is called the Destroyer. And it's almost like a, a low-cut basketball shoe with uh, little pellets on the bottom that, you know, your cleats can't. Uh, dive into the turf in these kind of conditions so those kind of hover above and give you more traction. You practice on the field all year, you play on that field, you walked on it yesterday, how different was it? Uh, very different than what, what I'm used to. Uh, you can tell, you can you can see why guys are, are having issues with it because it's very hard. So, you know, guys getting tackled is, is going to be a problem. Also, footing-wise, you know, you can't wear your regular cleats, so making cuts and, you know, being very uh, d- uh, demonstrative in your cuts is going to be a problem. We are now going to go to our uh, Vice President of Old School Tactics, uh, Blake Dermott, uh, <laughs> for this uh, next comment, who basically, I think Blake just wants to say, get off my lawn. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm just I'm talking about the type of cleats because the uh, the regular cleats that guys and I'm not sure if uh, a lot of players are still wearing it like a ton of screwing type cleats uh, mm-hmm. but they're they're the destroyer is more of a molded bottom with yeah. multiple uh, multiple studs and different levels of uh, of uh, um, depth that you can go in and uh, it gives you better options on certain types of uh, surfaces and uh, but a regular cleat is like a regular cleat it's like a soccer style cleat to be used for uh, a, a lot of guys some of the receivers would use a soccer cleat with maybe a, um, it may be even molded I remember looking at Giz's locker he used to have about 30 different pairs of them but some of them were screw-ins depending on the, 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 the surface and some of them are a little bit shorter but with multiple cleats on them and uh, and those are the ones that guys are having problems with those are the ones they want depth to make the cuts yeah. And, uh, you know, for linemen, you, you'd, you'd, uh, you you got to have power to be able to push off. So you'd want the deeper cleats. But this, the destroyers will work really well, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're much more diplomatic than you were during the commercial break. <laughs> I must say. Uh, Morley Scott, along with Dave Campbell, Blake Dermott, and uh, Tay Ajay. Our Great Cup coverage all week long has been brought to you in part by Jiffy Lube. Uh, while you get playoff ready, they make sure your vehicle is winter ready. Visit jiffylubeservice.ca. Also brought to you in part by Crystal Glass. Because it's not just the quarterback who appreciates a clear view. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Once the game starts, though, I imagine it's not an issue. Footwear, you just go out and run around, right, and play football. I think guys probably, and, and Dave, you, you you picked it up as well, the, the Stampeders seem to be more worried about it than, than the Red Blacks were, but once you start playing, I imagine they're just going to go out and play football, right? Yeah, I mean, I would, I would think that they would want to go out there and warm up and obviously test out the the shoes and get comfortable with something and i think that's the thing is they have to try and get comfortable so it's out of their heads so uh but you know ottawa's example was basically hey we played in it last week we you know and not that they were you know jumping up and down going wow this is so much fun playing on this surface no i mean the the hits hurt harder and 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 whatnot but they, they're just saying, we're just here to play. It's same for both teams. We're not worried about it. So it just 
Calgary's reaction was a lot more uh, um, you you would you would call a little bit more uh, ferocious. Maybe that's too strong of a word, mm-hmm. but just uh, they were they were talking about it a lot more than the Red Blacks. Red Blacks didn't even want to touch it. Well, the Red Blacks maybe got over it there. You know, that was their first time seeing it. Calgary had been on the field a couple of days, and maybe it hadn't got better from Friday to Saturday. I don't know. Like, it will impact different positions differently. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. receivers will have probably the biggest impact to it. Uh, uh, linemen and running backs, too. Guys that got to cut. Guys got to change direction an awful lot. Um, but you know what? You, and and it will get in their heads. And some guys will allow that to get in their heads. Mm-hmm. And and uh, the, you know if 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 the team can can just forget about it, find the right something that's acceptable, and and they don't feel like that's changing their the way they're going to perform uh, too much, then then they'll be successful. Nate, uh, we had a chance to talk with Trevor Harris for a while on the field yesterday, and he's not so much concerned with traction on the field. He's concerned with if he gets taken down. Right. He, he had a, a scenario last week where he got taken down and it was kind of the first time he really realized the turf, uh, how hard it was. He said it was probably one of the hardest hits he took uh, all season. So, yeah, for him, he's going to be worried about the uh, falling more than traction and playing, but if his line holds up, he shouldn't have to worry about that too much. It's always on the offensive line, isn't it? Blake? Yeah, always. <laughs> always uh, all, the, all the pressures of the world on the offensive line. Uh, we'll talk about that later on. I, I think it's pretty cool that uh, Randy Ambrosi, Jeff Keeping, and Brian Ramsey are the guys who are going to solve the CBA issue. Um, Who's the smartest old lineman in the room, I wonder? Well, well only Peter Diakowski if he's there. Yeah, so. well, the, the good thing about that group is that uh, you just got to get some uh, some pizza, some chili, and some beer, and they'll, they'll figure <laughs> At out At least they won't leave the room, right? Yeah. That's the most... They'll, they'll, they'll get it done. The, room. Well, the more food you put in there, the longer <laughs> they'll stay in. Uh, my name's Morley Scott. Dave Cabell's here. Uh, Blake Dermott and uh, Natea Jay. We're getting you set for the Great Cup game, which uh, starts... Uh, I, I think that oh, kickoff's going to be around 4.38, I heard. Uh, the uh, festivities at the stadium are going to start, I think, around 4.00. Brett Kissel is uh, going to be singing the Canadian National Anthem. And, and I was texting with Brett today, and he's going to try and phone us at some point during the show. Uh, the later it gets, the less of a chance I think he's going to get an opportunity to phone us. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. So it'll be great to talk to, uh, uh, as we like to say around here, a friend of the show, Brett Kissel, uh, who might uh, join us a little bit uh, later on today. It's the uh, the Calgary Stampeders and the Ottawa Red Blacks in the Grey Cup game. Uh, we got lots more coming your way between now and 4 o'clock here on 630 Chet. All right. Fans, what's up? It's Natalia J live from Great Cup Week. We have a good friend of mine, Juwan Briskason. Uh, Juwan, how you feeling, brother? I'm feeling great. It's good to be back, and uh, it's definitely nice to be interviewed by you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's your third uh, team's third Great Cup in a row. Your second. Uh, what's the mindset this week going into a game like this, knowing that you know you guys haven't been successful the last uh, uh, two times? Um, I think the mindset is to just go in and win and, and not think about it too much, not think about the past and uh, the losses that we've took in the Grey Cup and just come out here and uh, play Calgary Stampeders football. Okay, Juwan, talk, talk to me about your season. Uh, you've kind of had a breakout season, to say the least. Uh, you, you, you know, you've been a very consistent member of your receiving core. Uh, tell me about the role you have in, uh, on your team right now and, and the kind of the, the progression you've gone through since coming through to the league. Uh, you know, Coach Pete, my receiver coach, he kind of describes me as a Swiss Army knife. I'm the guy that goes in and plays every position and they trust to put me in kind of like a security blanket uh and i was ready to embrace that role coming in from the off season the amount of work i put in and uh 
studying my uh, plays and just coming in and earning the trust to, to get more playing time and more plays drawn up for me so I can make the most of my opportunities. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the Great Cup this week is in Edmonton. Tell us a little bit about your connection to Edmonton. Uh, yeah, my, my dad lives here, my little sister and my stepmom. So uh, it's always nice to come and play in front of family. Uh, and, you know, I always seem to have somewhat of a good game in Edmonton. So I'm looking forward to uh, continuing that. Yeah, I tell, I, honestly, we've been on the other end of your, your good games against Edmonton. And, and talk to me a little bit about that. What is it when you play Edmonton, you kind of always put your best foot forward? Uh, I think I just want to come out the game with better stats than you. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, it's just, you know how it is playing in front of family. You just get that extra motivation uh, to go out there and make them proud, uh, the la- wearing that last name on your back. So, uh, you know, it's the Grey Cup. Uh, I have family flying in from Mississauga, and then my, my dad and my stepmom and my sister driving to the game. So uh, I think it's going to be fun. You mentioned Mississauga. What is it like representing uh, our city uh, on, a, on a stage like this? Uh, I think it's awesome. Uh, you know, we don't have that many athletes that are, are playing professional sports, um, especially not in, in football. Uh, so whenever I get a chance to represent the city in a positive way, I make the most of that. Juwan, you know, it's, it's an honor covering you, man. Uh, your mom told me to ask you, uh, <laughs> where do you get your athletic uh, ability from? Uh, I feel like my mom wants me to say her. Uh, even though she was a great athlete, uh, my dad was also pretty good. So I'm going to say a mix of both, just to be uh, just to be safe. Okay, yeah. Juwan, you, you you didn't start playing football uh, your whole life. You know, you kind of just started. You've always you've been a basketball player. Tell us, all the young athletes coming up, how do you get to the level you're at now? How do you ascend to you know become a, a kind of marquee Canadian receiver in this league? Uh, it's just all about hard work and uh, just you know being dedicated to your craft uh for me i grew up playing all ty- all types of sports as you know you you played baseball um you know it's just getting up early lifting weights uh you know avoiding the parties when you have to and uh you know just kind of loving it i grew up loving sports i grew up loving basketball i grew up loving football and um you know that love is something that nobody can ever take take away from me and uh, Juwan, last question: What would a Great Cup victory mean to you and your family? Oh, it, w- it would mean the world. Uh, this is my third year in a row, and uh, I've, I've lost twice. And I know what what it feels like to be on the losing side twice. And I want to enjoy the fruits of our labor, all the adversity that we face with the injuries, the losses that we've taken in the past. I feel like this is the year that it all comes together for us. Thanks a lot, Juwan. I really appreciate your time, brother. Thank you. That is uh, Juwan Breskison with with our Nate Ajay, who we've uh, kind of taken over this week. He's he's joined the dark side. He's become a member of the media this week. How's how's your week been? A week has been phenomenal. Honestly, the best part I've said it many times is the, is the meals that you guys uh, have been <laughs> have been getting. I didn't know uh, <laughs> quite to the level that you guys were fed, and now that I know that, uh, I'm going to make an even bigger push to be a part of you guys. I think we go. misled you on how much food we get. Like it's been a great week. <laughs> it uh, doesn't yeah, usually go that way though. It's not like this all the time. Now, we've talked a lot about the dressing room, and I know you got a chance to see it. And uh, we took some pictures of you with your with, with Eric Rogers' uniform hanging in your uh, in your locker. You can see it's pretty that gross. Out in the hall, uh, the Stampeders have put their logo 
over top of the Grey Cups. The Eskimos have won. Their welcome mat is out. Uh, if if you're a member of the Eskimos organization and you walk by the dressing room, it's pretty hard, isn't yeah, it? It's tough. And seeing how that red, like I was talking to, we were talking to Blair yesterday, and and you know we have a rule during the season that you can't wear red or anything close to red, burgundy, any any type of red. Uh, we can't bring in the locker room. So to see all that red in there, it's just, it's 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 a uh, quite opposite from what we've experienced uh, during the season. Uh, seeing all those jerseys, seeing all their uh, memorabilia, everything like that, it's 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 tough. So the Grey Cup's in your town and you're not in it. Uh, the Stampeders, you're a traveler in your dressing room, and then I go out and make you interview your friends who are playing in the game. Man, I'm really trying to... <laughs> yeah, you're trying to stick it to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, man. Uh, Blake, you didn't see the dressing room, have you? No, I didn't see the dressing room. No. Uh, the old-timer guys wouldn't like that. <laughs> um, well, like you, I said, you you were you got to do it though, right? 90- we we got in '93. We yeah. were in Calgary's locker room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, uh, um, and th- this is the first time I think they've ever been in the Edmonton's locker room. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, I, like I said, I, 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 we talked about this yesterday briefly, but George Hopkins was the equipment manager then, and yeah. and he was horrified by you know what we did, and <laughs> and uh, um, and like I said, uh, I'm sure they're still finding bumper stickers with Eskimo uh, EE <laughs> logos on them from 1993 someplace. In that locker room, so uh, they're, they're, you know, payback's a bitch, I guess. Good work, good work <laughs> indeed. All right, let's talk quarterbacks. Uh, two quarterbacks, Dave. Different paths to get here. Bo Levi Mitchell's been going to the Great Cup, it seems, since he was a teenager, uh, yeah. right when he came into the league. Uh, Trevor Harris, he's been to two, but he's never started one. He's got two Great Cup rings already, but he's never started in the game. And, and both these guys have a little bit different reputations. Yeah, I mean, Bo's been here many times before. This will be his fifth start. He's only won once. Uh, you know, we don't know about today yet, but um, he's been to the show, uh, I think this is fifth time period. Um, so that's very impressive. I mean, this the Stampeders have been the models of consistency for the last 10 years. They just get to the Great Cup game, and they seem to fall apart. Uh, Bo Levi Mitchell has one of the best win-loss records in, in the CFL history. Um, has a, uh, a career, I think he's lost four times on at Commonwealth Stadium, though, so that's been the one field that has really bothered him throughout his career. But, I mean, he's, uh, you know, when he's comfortable and everything's going right around him, uh, man, he is, a, he is a dangerous, dangerous quarterback. And then Trevor Harris, you know, I think we we all saw the ability. I mean, I remember 2015 vividly, the opening game in Toronto, uh, or no, in Fort McMurray. That was a Argo home game for anyway. Um, and and I just saw Trevor Harris. Just we all saw him. Just pick apart a Chris Jones run defense with ease, and he is so good at. It's like a computer program in his head. Find the open guy. Find the open guy. Um, there's been some intangibles that have, you know, kind of been lacking with him. But I think he's even throwing that into, into uh, you know, in, in, into the, or he's grown with that, the, with the leadership. Took a big step forward last week against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So it's a really good quarterback matchup. That game you talk about in 2015 in Fort McMurray, Natasha played in that game as an Argo. Uh, what do you? What can you tell us about Trevor Harris? Oh, Trevor Harris. You know, he's the kind of guy that you know. You, if you have a daughter, you want her to marry. He's just upstanding guy, great guy in the locker room, uh, religious guy. Uh, will do anything for his teammates. Will give a shirt off his back to uh, anybody. Uh, will give anybody his time. He's just a, a great guy. But you know, talking to him this week, he you know he told us he made a switch in in his approach. Um, he wasn't so much buddy buddy with guys before the games, and you know I kind of saw that. I didn't know why it, ha- it was happening, but he kind of has that killer uh, instinct now. So. 
you know, look for that uh, in this game. And uh, he's trying to prove to, to people that he is a big game quarterback. You know, one of the things that Trevor Harris does so well, if you look, I, I believe that he's got out of, of uh, in the league this year, he's got the lowest uh, pass uh, yards per pass, somewhere around nine yards per pass. And Bo Levi Mitchell's like over 12. Um, what he does is he gets the ball out of his hands really quickly, and he's really good at that. And uh, when Calgary has, when any team has had success against Trevor Harris this year, and in, when he played Calgary last time he played him, what he threw for 95 yards. Calgary did a really good job of taking away that first that first read of his and forced him to hang on to the ball. That's if Calgary's going to have any kind of success or the success that they want to have, that's what they got to do to him because he's he's really good. He makes a good first read, but if you jump if you if you as a coordinator can force him to that's where he's got to look and then take that away from him and he's going to have some, he could have some trouble. He's got a different rep than than Bo Levi Mitchell. Uh, he he was real dynamic last week. What seven touchdown passes last week? A pile of yards and mm-hmm. a huge win. Uh, Bo Levi Mitchell, Dave, this year he's getting the wins, but he just doesn't seem to have the flair that he's had in years. Well, past. I think it's, a lot of that has to do with the, the the people that he's lost around him. You know, he's lost Kamar Jordan and he lost Tavares Daniels. He's back in the game today, but then you know Reggie Bagleton comes in and uh, plays really well, and he loses him. I mean, he's lost so many quality receivers around him. Um, you know, uh, Mark, uh, Mark and Michelle as well. And he played hurt too. And he played yeah. hurt. Yeah, he got hurt on Labor Day, right? So and that knee injury may have been, you know, plaguing him the whole season. But, you know, and I think that's the key for him today is is if he's uncomfortable with who's around him, he will let you know mm-hmm. right away. He will not hide it. Yeah. And it affects him. Um, but if he's comfortable, he comes out and he's in rhythm, boy, it's going to be a long day for Ottawa, I think. All right, our Great Cup coverage here on 630 Chet all week long has been brought to you in part by Crystal Glass, because it's not just a quarterback who appreciates a clear view. G- call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Also, things have been brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Well, you get playoff ready, they make sure your vehicle is winter ready. Visit jiffylubeservice.ca, jiffylubeservice.ca. When we come back, we'll, hear, we'll go back to two years ago when these two teams met in the Grey Cup. Uh, it was an interesting scenario that developed in the pregame when Henry Burris was hurt. Trevor Harris starts his first Grey Cup game today. He almost started that game two years ago. That and more as we roll along leading up to the Grey Cup game here on the Rickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. You're listening to 630 Chet.